Praise the Lord. It's so, so lovely to be here this morning and have a, a huge privilege of um, sharing something from God's Word. It's just lovely being part of worship this morning, isn't it? Yeah? Well, thank you, Roger and uh, Sally, for leading us the way you have, being open to the Holy Spirit. Karen and I love being with you. It's uh, a special place to always come here, and uh, we've much to thank God for and much to pray for, haven't we? And uh, I just want to talk a, a little bit about an almost forgotten doctrine. I, I've shared this at least once before when I've been here, and uh, so if it's repetitive in to some degree, I like to think that's not because I'm being repetitive, but something needs to be said again. And again, and again, and again. And if this is the, the name for what I'm going to talk about, it's about being the bride of Christ. Now that's an exceptionally feminine thing, isn't it? A bride of Christ. It's sometimes difficult for us men. Uh, there's more women than men, so there's going to be more of you that are going to be identified with this more readily than others. Most men like the warrior type of what it is to be a Christian, to be a soldier for Christ, a builder, um, but a bride, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but uh, men know something about brides as well, so I think we can almost uh, all, all together um, join in with this. But this forgotten doctrine of the return of Christ that Jesus, and it was in some of the songs we sang, he's coming back, hallelujah. He is coming back. Christ is coming back. He came, he lived, he died, he rose from the dead, he ascended, he's coming back. He is coming back for a purpose and for a bride. It's quite interesting sitting behind Norman today. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't know this. But he has, as people do in, with, uh, with clothes these days, labels are worn outside rather than inside. Don't, 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 don't look for his label. Don't, don't be a, a distracted. But for, for Norman, he has a label outside his trousers. And it says, selected homme, or homme, as it is in French. A chosen man on his little... He's a chosen man. <laughs> Whilst the distraction takes place and, uh, and, and Norman, you can come up and, and, and show your derriere while we're talking French to everyone. But, uh, yeah. But selected, chosen. How prophetic is that? That he's a chosen man and we are chosen. We have been chosen to be the bride of Christ. I mean, that's huge. If you really believe that. Something, you know, that, that a bride who gets a good catch. Yeah? We'll talk in, 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 in very complimentary terms about her man. He's a good man. He's a wonderful man. I'm so privileged. I am blessed to be his bride. 
We are the bride of Christ. Chosen. How wonderful is that? No wonder the the enemy wants it to be pushed under the carpet, forgotten. That you've been chosen as a bride for the most amazing man that ever walked the face of this earth. The perfect man. He's chosen you. And that's why we're being made perfect. We're holy unto the Lord because he's coming back for a pure, spotless, one made holy, prepared. And uh, the early church lived in anticipation of being the bride of Christ. It lived in anticipation of Jesus' return. Always longing, always looking, always expecting. To such a degree that they started doing some silly things like not working and, and maybe thinking that you know, they, they didn't need to, to maybe serve God as they should. And as a young Christian, I, I, I'd lived in that same anticipation. And my background was Pentecostal. And many of the songs we'd sing is about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking for that day. Come soon. Come, collect your church. And to such a degree that it, it had a huge impact on my life. The things I did and the things I didn't do were actually influenced by my expectation of the coming of Jesus. I've said before that uh, it was one of the reasons why I, I, I stopped big drinking, heavy drinking when I became a Christ, but I continued to drink a little bit socially. But then I realised what the Lord had saved me from and what he was saving me to, that I never wanted when he came back for him to smell alcohol on my breath. He was coming back for me. And so I stopped drinking. I'm not saying that's a a legalistic thing for everyone, but for me, he saved me from something. I was not going to return to the thing that, that, that caused me and many others around my life such grief. I wanted to be ready for my Jesus. Be made prepared. That when he came, I was, I was not caught. And if you, you, when you read the New Testament, you see many of the parables about that. We've perhaps returned to that. But that real sense that earth is not our final destination. Glory. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and that will be part of our, our destination. But this place... As we know it, my life as I know it will be no longer. And there is often spoken, I've never counted it up, I just repeat it because I believe it, but there's a lot more references in the Bible about the second coming of Jesus than there ever was his first coming. And we know he came the first time, and he's coming. Isn't that wonderful? He's coming. And Satan lives in the dread of that final trump of the archangel. When captivity eventually will be led captive. And sin will be no more. That's why the the great cry of the early church is Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come. 
come Lord Jesus. There should be something in every Christian that says, come Lord Jesus. Come. I long for that. It's, it's, it's about my life. It's in my mind. Not that I'm, you, you, you don't take cognizance you don't, of, of what's going on around you and the issues around you, but you live in the knowledge that this is temporal. This is passing away. He is coming. How does it happen? Well, I want to share a little bit from Genesis 24. And I think Genesis 24, the coming of Jesus. Hang on, he's just, uh, he's just setting up some stuff. It's about him coming. Well, in the Old Testament, there's lots of types of what is to come. And Genesis 24 is one such account. And it talks about Abraham wanting a bride for his son. And he sends his servant Eliezer on an errand. Go and get my son Isaac. The one thing I want is a bride for my son. Go and get him. And he's got to be a certain type. He's got to be one of our own type. And I don't want any Canaanites or anything like that. I want one of our own family. You've got to find and bring him back. Prepare him for my son. And so in this lovely story, and there's, there's 57 verses in Genesis 24, and I, I, I won't read them all. And it's quite repetitive because the account said and then Eliezer repeats the account as well. So it it sort of doubles up. But in it, Abraham is a type of God the Father. Isaac is his beloved son, a type of Christ. Eliezer, his helper, his servant, is a type of the Holy Spirit. And Rebecca is a type of you and me. Yeah. The type of you and me. And so he's sent to find a bride, the church, for his son, Jesus, and to prepare her and bring her back to him. Because he has a prepared place for her. It is a picture the coming of Jesus the return of Jesus and so we'll pick it up in in Genesis 24 Abraham was now old and well advanced in years and the Lord had blessed him in every way he said to the chief servant actually Eliezer is mentioned as his name in in other parts of the Bible and Eliezer means mighty divine helper. That's, that's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Mighty divine helper. He's divine. The one in charge of all that he had. Put your hand under my thigh. This is a way of making a promise. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the Lord, the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living. But will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, 
What if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country you came from? Make sure that you do not have, sorry, make sure that you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back, please note this, with you, then you will be released from from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and left, taking with him all kinds of good gifts from his master. He set out for Aram, Naharan, and made his way to the town of Nehor. Abraham just wanted one thing. Just one thing, a bride for his own son, Isaac. But the thing is that she had to be willing to come back with him to meet Isaac. The picture is, as I said, God wants a bride for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sent the Holy Spirit to a far off land that we might be selected alms, chosen men and women. He would find he would prepare and she must be born into his family. And a servant took gifts with him. Ten laden camels. Well, the Holy Spirit came bearing gifts to the bride to lavish upon her that she might ultimately fall in love with Jesus. Nahor, he went to Nahor and he had this plan. He was thirsty, had travelled a long way and he had some camels with him, ten of them. And they were thirsty too. And he met this, he prayed to the father, he said, I'll ask a girl for a drink. He was by this well and uh, if the girl should come and say, yeah, I'll give you a drink. And while I'm doing it, I'll, I'll, I'll... Give some water to your thirsty camels too. I pray that such a girl will show. And when she does, that she'll be the bride that I'll take back for Isaac. And Rebecca turns up. She has a jar of water on her shoulders. She's a virgin and she's extremely beautiful. He asked her the question. And she lowered the jar quickly and gave him a drink. And she said, I'll water your camels too. And she ran to the well. And she got water and poured it into the trough and ran to the well, got water, poured it into the trough, ran to the well. And she did this. Ten thirsty camels, each of which a thirsty camel can drink a hundred litres of water. That's a thousand litres of water that she was going back to the well and 
She was some woman, some church, some bride. And the Eliezer, the Holy Spirit, watched closely. And he gave gifts of gold and jewellery. And he asked her if he could stay. This is all in Genesis 24. Is the Holy Spirit any different? Has he asked you if he could stay with you? Has he given you wonderful gifts? For what reason? Is it so we have a feel-good factor now? That we have the Holy Spirit with us or that he gives us, he lavishes some, some grace on us? Or is there a greater purpose in what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives? That he is wooing us, that he is causing us. He's looking for a type of person that is willingly obedient. That says, yeah, come and stay with us, come and stay with me. Come into my heart. Come into a prepared place that you may lead me to Jesus. That we'd welcome him to stay. And so Eliezer looks and says, such a person is a worthy bride of my son, or, or Abraham's son, Isaac. And the story goes on that Rebecca ran. She was a runner was Rebecca. She ran to get water. She ran to tell her family. It likes people that are, that are actually enthusiastic for God. That don't saunter, don't moan, don't complain. There's a, a huge Bible study of people that ran for God. They are in every case other than in the case of Jonah. And Jonah in the end, Jonah ran away. But those that ran for God, God used in amazing ways. And she ran. And Eliezer went and told the family about his mission, about Abraham, about Sarah, about Isaac. And he offloaded so many gifts off these ten camels on the family. And her mother wanted her to stay for ten days. And Eliezer, you know, Eliezer said, no, 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 this is an urgent thing. There's no, this shouldn't be delayed. And, and he said to the father and the brother, to Bethuel and Laban, why don't you ask the girl if she wants to come? And I get a real sense that's really what God says to us. Do you want to come? Do you want a journey with the Holy Spirit? Do you want a journey for this amazing destination that's going to happen one day? Or it takes you out of the... I, I don't belittle the things that happen to us. My, my heart went out to Margaret when she was talking. But these are all temporal things. As one day. There will be no more nosebleeds. There will be no more sin. There will be no, suffer, no more suffering. There will be no more death. There will be no more diseases which are, which are really difficult. We're on that journey with the Holy Spirit. 
where he's taking us through. There, there will be no more uh, dementia when we get old. The corruptible is going to be made incorruptible. Is there a hallelujah for that? Are there those of you that aches and pains and say, hallelujah, whoops, I'm going down instead of up. Well, yeah. (laughs) Ask the girl, will you go with this man? And she says these wonderful three words, I will go. Is there something in you that says, I will go? I will go with the Holy Spirit. I will go. Even though I'm here, in a spiritual term, I'm on this journey. And she started this journey. She said farewell to her family. And she was going to a prepared place. And all along the way, because it's quite some journey, Eliezer was with her the Holy Spirit. And I've often, there's some things I muse about in, in the Bible which it doesn't actually say what goes on. But as I was reading this, I thought, well, what's Eliezer and, uh, and Rebecca, what are they up to on this long journey? What, 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 what's going on? And then I thought, well, I know what Eliezer's doing. He's talking about Isaac. He's saying what a wonderful son this he is. He's saying what a wonderful man he is. He's saying how blessed you are. He's going to say how wonderful this prepared place is. And isn't that what the Holy Spirit is doing with us? He tells us about Jesus. I know he convicts us of of sin, but that's part of making us holy. It's part of being the prepared place. But he is exalting Jesus. He's saying the one that you're going to be a bride to is so amazing. He's so wonderful. And she must have fell in love with him during that journey. She didn't know him. But she was getting to know him. And the further the journey went, the more, the more she was in love with, Jesus, with, with Isaac. And the more we journey, is it the more we're in love with Jesus? Is that the way it is? Fancy a bride getting all the way to the altar and she's fallen out of love with the one she's getting married to? That would be a tragedy, wouldn't it? But it's all about us. That's why we come together on a Sunday. That's why we fellowship. That's why we listen to these lovely testimonies. That we might fall in love with Jesus. And he might captivate our hearts. I'm a it's not much of a revelation, but I'm a man. But I'm a man who, who above everything else, I, I, I do. I, I love my wife, but I love Jesus. Unashamedly, I'm a lover of Jesus. That might give people outside the church a, 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 a problem in, in understanding me. But that's who I am. I'm one of those along the line that comes from the Apostle John whom Jesus loved and love him in return. So her heart must have been beating faster as this journey continued. 
longing to see the one with her own eyes who the Holy Spirit had spoken about. And it says at the end of, of, of Genesis 24, that Isaac went into the field to meditate one morning. And he sees the camels afar off. And he went to meet the one who had been brought to him. One day he's going to come and he's going to appear and we're going to be caught up and we're going to meet him in the sky. I don't know how physically that's going to happen but it's what the Bible says that we're going to be brought by the Holy Spirit and taken up to meet the one who's come to meet us and take us. And Isaac says that it ends by saying, Isaac took her into the tent that had been prepared for her. And she became his wife. And he loved her. Hallelujah. What a story this Bible is all about. Somehow we get caught up in the minutia. And we lose this amazing, huge, wonderful picture that Jesus is coming back. Hebrews 9.28 says, and he will appear a second time to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. The time is going to be unknown. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come back at an hour you do not expect him. That's Luke 12, 40. And it's, it's, it's relatively soon. James 5, 8 says, you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. He's coming back to judge the living and the dead. So what? Be ready. Lots of Jesus teaching some of the parables that there'll be two in a field, one will be taken and one's not. There'll be two grinding corn, one will be taken and one is not because one wasn't ready, one wasn't prepared. One hasn't said, I will come. I said, I'm too busy. I just got married, I just got bought a bit of ground, I just got two oxen, I, I can't, I can't do it. It means that I should be patient as I eagerly await the return in 1 Corinthians 1.7 for our Lord Jesus to appear. I'm to be holy, I'm to be prepared. I'm going to lose the love of sinning because my lover died for it. Why should I enjoy what he died for? I should be obedient. And so the bride of Christ has been chosen. Hallelujah. And we're walking with the Holy Spirit. And I end where I, I started with Norman's trousers. <laughs> but we're, we're selected. <laughs> Men and women, we're handpicked.
to be the bride of the most wonderful man that has ever graced this earth. Perfect in every way. Who gave his life for his bride. Who died and the Father raised him again in glory. And he's coming back soon for you and me. How much we should prepare ourselves around this table to be ready for that return.